Hi, I'm Allison Weisbrot. I'm the editor of Campaign US, and I'm here with Lauren Douglas, SVP of Marketing at Channel Factory. And we are going to discuss everything you missed at CES and give you a peek into 2023. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Allison. How are you? Fresh off the plane from Vegas. That's right. Just recovering. Yeah. So tell me, how was CES 2023? CES 2023 was interesting. It was certainly smaller than what I've seen in the past. So Mm -hmm. it's been two years, basically, since we had the last CES. And I think that was about 200,000 people. And this year was about 100. So um, definitely felt a little bit more downscaled. But there was still a lot of excitement, energy, enthusiasm, and people sort of milling about, um, you know, shilling their cool ideas. Yeah. Did (laughs) Did you find that? I know probably a lot of, like, international people... Maybe you didn't make the trip out. Yeah. Did you feel like um, there was mostly a U.S. presence? Yes. Yeah. I did definitely feel it was more U.S. this year. I think um, potentially there was some impact with not only how close it was to the holidays, mm-hmm. but also the fact that it was a weekend and also the fact that um, there are still lockdowns going on in some parts of the world, in mm-hmm. particular in China. So I do think that the international crowd might have, you know, that might have played a part this year. Yeah. Well, it's good to know that the energy is slowly creeping back up after two years of yeah. virtual, right? I will say the people that were there were happy to be there and excited to be yeah. there. There certainly was a, a lot of energy. Yeah. And what about in the the advertising industry scene? Yeah. In the yeah. Aria, the Cosmo, where all of us <laughs> folks hang out. That's right. Um, I think there were probably there was a smaller presence. I, mm-hmm. I heard from a lot of people that agencies certainly scaled back their presence this year. Um, there were still brand marketers there. There was less in the um, sort of agency takeovers, taking over a big space and doing a lot of content that was dialed back for sure. But I think that it was much more the tone was smaller meetings, you know, everybody standing in the lobby with their signs for whatever advertising agent, you know, agency or company they're with. And that scene. Well, that's right. (laughs) So I think there was a lot more of that smaller meetings, closed door meetings Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, less of the sort of big parties and big content and speaking sessions. Yeah. I know that, um, you know, the, the economic outlook and the recession kind of colored a lot of the conversations that took place at CES. Did you feel like that scaling back had to do with the economy? Like, what do you sort of think was the driver of that? I do. I think that it's a lot of the big tech players are facing tough economic headwinds. Um, a lot of their stocks are off and at, are at 52 week lows. And I think that that certainly changed people's calculus when it came to making decisions about how much to invest. I also think that when you have layoff news, it's hard to be like, and by the way, come to my party. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that it was scaled back a bit because of that. Um, a lot of what I spoke to people about was what is the impact going to be on consumers? Like if consumer spending is down, if we go into a recessionary environment in 2023, how does that impact you as a marketer, you as an advertising agency leader? Um, and so that wasn't some of the interesting conversations that I had, you know, on the ground there. Yeah. So what were some of the insights you got from those? Yeah. I mean, I think people said that, you know, certainly performance marketing is going to be key this year, understanding where the ROI comes in, understanding, you know, driving CPA, CPC, et cetera. So how are people actually going to be able to tie back their marketing investment to the dollars Mm -hmm. invested? So I think there may just be a shift a little bit more from the brand marketing side of the world to more of the sort of programmatic side. Yeah, it makes sense because marketers want everything to be measurable, right? Especially in a time when they're fighting for their, for their budgets. Um, Do you think there's a risk that the industry will pull back from brand too much? 
I hope not. Yeah. I hope not. There's, there have been some studies in the past where, um, I believe Taco Bell was one of them we've talked about before, but when others have dialed down in a recessionary environment, brands that dial up their brand marketing actually have a huge lift because they're seen versus a less competitive environment. So I do think that it will be interesting to see who pulls back and who actually, you know, invests more. Yeah. I think we'll be, we'll be able to tell, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, who does well. So, um, Let's talk about some of the tech mm-hmm. that was on show yeah. um, at CES. Obviously, the show floor is known for having tons of different gadgets and futuristic things that look like maybe they could never be viable <laughs> right. in the real world. Right. But it also has some pretty cool stuff. So first of all, what did you see just personally that was impressive to you? And then maybe from a marketer perspective, what did you see that could have real implications? Yeah. I mean, a lot of what I heard from people was around the smart health realm. So there was a toilet that reads your pee and sends you statistics based on what you've just peed out, um, which is always <laughs> interesting. <convenient. laughs> yeah. um, but there was also, you know, for deaf people, glasses that will read the text um, of people's lips as they're, they're speaking to you. It will read text out to you so you can actually know what people are saying. Um, so I think it, there was a lot around how to be more inclusive of mm-hmm. other abled people, which was really interesting. There was a wheelchair that could climb stairs. And mm-hmm. so I think some of the smart health stuff and sort of expanding, um, you know, abilities for, for all dif- different types of people was really interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. And accessibility and inclusivity are all things that marketers want to do more of. Right? Definitely. So. Definitely. But then there were some interesting um, consumer products for sure. So I saw that uh, L'Oreal mm-hmm. is launching a, I don't know if you saw this, but they're launching a an eyebrow tool um, that's, I think, you know, basically will draw your eyebrows on for you. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Like (laughs) you walk the show floor and you're like, some of these things, do we need them or do we? (laughs) (laughs) But it's, I mean, accessibility again, I'm sure some people can't draw their eyebrows on. Totally. And also some people just might be mad at it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. We all need all the help we can get. That's right. Um, So one of the things that the industry has been buzzing about nonstop that my inbox is flooded with pitches is AI, chat GP3, Lensa, Dolly2, you name it. Um, Was I heard that AI was not as big of a presence on the show floor itself. Mm-hmm. Talk about that, like reconcile all the excitement and buzz around it and the lack of it showing up at CES. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good point. I do think that there is a ton of buzz around ChatGPT and Dolly. Dolly is part of ChatGPT, I believe, which can actually like create imagery mm-hmm. and create um, art and, and music and things like that. So there was definitely a lot of talk around that. Like what is the role of creativity and humans with computers? Um, I don't think anyone has the answer to that question. Mm-mm. But it certainly is interesting to watch. But then, you know, we were talking about ChatGPT as a, as a writer. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can write your own articles, if you could write term papers using these tools, like what is the, how does that work? Does that actually work? And does it negatively impact fields like journalism? It's yeah. Interesting. I mean, until Jat GPT can do a vodcast, I think I'm That's okay. That's right. I think so. I think so. But it also, it's we. It sounds weird. It sounds like a person who doesn't necessarily speak English is trying to speak English when you listen to some of the Chat GPT or read some of yeah. what it's written. It's interesting. I was playing around with it for a piece I was writing, and I popped in a couple of questions like create a marketing idea for um, Chipotle, and mm-hmm. it was like 
pretty solid place to start. Like It is. Yeah. But it is it's lacking that humanity that Mm -hmm. you need when you're like reading a piece of whatever you're reading, watching something like you want those little human errors is what makes it so good, Mm -hmm. I think. So I think um, there's definitely implications with AI, but very much to be seen. Like, I don't think all the writers or all the creatives are going away tomorrow. So. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> I think it's interesting um, when you're writing a story, I'm sure one of the uh, things that a journalist does is is take something that could have been 40 words and make it 20 words. Yep. And I think there's an art to that. And when you're Thank retelling you. a story, yeah, exactly. When you're telling a story to somebody, like synthesizing information and cutting it down is is what humans do. And I don't know that AI has solved that yet. Maybe it will. Mm. Um, and maybe it will just continue to get better and better and become sentient. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so one other topic that I think we're all kind of sick of at this point is the metaverse, <laughs> Yeah, which was huge last year. Everyone was talking about metaverse and Web3. Obviously, we'll have massive implications for the way that we do business and live our lives. Mm -hmm. But um, did you see much talk about that at CES? Yeah, I think uh, brands were certainly talking about it, but it was more um, applicable to everyday sort of life. Mm -hmm. So I think it was less the, you're going to have this avatar that has a whole second life and is going to live in this other realm. And here's how you're going to interact with our brand. And it was probably more like, here's some actual things that you could do today. So one example was IBM has a weather functionality Mm -hmm. um, and they're potentially thinking of selling. So you could actually take a photo of the sky Mm -hmm. and then you can see what the weather is going to look like in the next few hours. Wow. So you could see if there's a storm coming or do you need to bring your umbrella, whatever. And then they're going to try to sell ads on top of that. So, yes, if there's a storm coming, maybe um, Campbell's is going to sell you a soup ad. Mm-hmm. Or maybe if it's really sunny, uh, a sunscreen company is going to sell you a sunscreen, you know, buy yeah. a sunscreen ad against that. So I think it was more applicable versions mm-hmm. of VR and AR instead yeah. of, you know, talking necessarily about your you know, character in the metaverse and what that's going to look like. Yeah. I think I I hear the same thing that Mm -hmm. everyone sort of has a lot of hope for the potential of AR Mm -hmm. and like integrating sort of these digital overlays into our lives. But I don't know that like we're all going to be living in Oculus or whatever they call now MetaQuest headsets in the next three years. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. Sustainability Mm -hmm. was also a really big topic at the show. There were numerous announcements with Scope 3 partnering with publishers on media decarbonization. There, I'm sure there was tons of stuff on the floor related to sustainability. Did you see that coming up a lot in conversation? I didn't actually, but I'm happy to talk about sustainability. I just like, I didn't. I didn't hear that as a big theme. But like, what are you, yeah, what are you hearing? Well, I hear mostly like the, I thought media decarbonization was a really big area that came up a lot, which personally, like as the skeptic that I am, I feel yeah. like needs a little more investigating, right? Like, how are we calculating these things? What are the standards before we all yes. kind of go all in and say like, yeah, we're great. We're decarbonizing media. I did speak with somebody who runs um, diversity and inclusivity and sustainability at one of the agencies. Mm-hmm. And what she was saying is that they are looking at this and at the same time they're building in the standards mm-hmm. so that they can really understand like, okay, great. It sounds good that we've decarbonized or it sounds good that we've saved X amount of our carbon footprint. However, if we have no way to measure it, yeah. it's kind of worthless. Yeah. So I think that at least, you know, the agencies that are, are working on this at an agency wide level are trying to come up with those two things hand in hand. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I think you're right. It's like decarbonization without any sort of like metric or what does this actually mean mm-hmm. is sort of useless. Building the plane while we're flying it. Yeah. We kind of have to. Yeah. Like, time's running out, right? Totally, totally. <laughs> um, and it also kind of just goes to show you how big of a conference CES is. Yeah. That like, you know, you can pick up totally different themes from being there and like not even see half the show, right? Yeah. Like, Did you hear about, about sustainability in terms of like the consumer electronics side? Because that that I also didn't really... Not as much. Okay. I think accessibility. Mm-hmm. And I think there was some stuff on the floor from, from what I've heard that was more sustainability focused, mm-hmm. but I think mostly accessibility was bigger, which is interesting. Yeah. So CES this year happened also in the context of the government, right? Cracking down on a lot of big tech companies. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that could have potentially shaped the the way that they showed up at the event? Yeah, potentially. I mean, especially um, in Europe, I think they're doing a lot in Europe mm-hmm. on, uh, in fact, they just, you know, slapped Facebook with a pretty big fine. Yes. Um, so, you know, yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be more and more of a conversation, you know, what, what kind of regulation they're going to put in place. Is there going to be any kind of federal regulation rather than being state by state as Mm -hmm. it is with California and the CCPA? We'll see. I Mm -hmm. think that remains to be seen as you, we saw last week, like the government doesn't seem to be functioning super well right now. So (laughs) put it mildly. (laughs) Right. So I don't know um, how much regulation we'll see coming down the pike, but I certainly think that tech companies are, are looking out for that. Yeah, it's interesting. I was reading a piece about like how privacy is so top of mind for mm-hmm. these tech companies, but then there were so many gadgets out there that require collecting like personal health data, like all these different health things you're talking totally. about. What happens to the data about your pee that went in the smart toilet? Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. sensitive health information. Absolutely. Or imagine if somebody got a hold of, um, you know, you're wearing some sort of wearable device and, um, you know, you are shaking and your health care provider gets a hold of that information and suddenly that becomes some sort of a pre-existing condition, right? Like, I think that's a really interesting conversation to have around all these smart health devices mm-hmm. is like, how do you make sure that like consumers are protected and that their sensitive information and data isn't going wherever, you know, yeah. they don't want it to go. Totally. Um, what did you see from the automakers? In terms of their EV push. Yeah. I mean, definitely every single automaker had an, you know, some sort of an EV push. I thought that was, you know, it's really great that we're all talking EVs now. And mm-hmm. I think obviously Tesla has sort of led the way, but now all of the auto manufacturers are getting involved. I thought some of the Amazon actually had an interesting, they're doing some interesting stuff with dashboard cams. So they recording from your, your auto's dashboards that you can see if there was an accident, Mm. even if somebody sort of approaches your car, the car can turn on the dash cam to, even if you're not around. And then there's a lot of like theft of parts of cars going on in certain, Mm -hmm. you know, I've heard about that. Yeah. yeah. And so this, this could potentially help that too. So I thought that was interesting from like an Amazon integrating with Alexa into your car. potentially. I think that all of these manufacturers are assuming that we're going to be mostly EVs in the next five years. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think they have to, right. Totally. Like regulations. Absolutely. Um, You mentioned Alexa. Mm Mm-hmm. Was, I mean, last time I was at CES was a few years ago. Obviously, the show was virtual for a couple of years, Mm -hmm. but I remember voice was everywhere. Like, okay, Google integrated into everything. Is that sort of like old news now? Was that, was that a big thing? I didn't, yeah, I didn't hear a ton about Mm -hmm. 
No pun intended. I didn't hear a ton about voice, um, but I maybe it is just everywhere now. Yeah. I don't know. My parents have a fully like integrated voice home, and so you can't do anything. Well, without. that's how you know it's that's mainstream. Right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> What's the strangest piece of technology you you heard about or saw at CES? I mean, I think it would probably be the toilet. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. So another huge buzzy topic this year that sort of ended in a big flaming crash (laughs) is the crypto market. Yes. Um, Was that a topic of discussion at CES this year? I did not hear one peep about crypto. Interesting. And you would have thought that you would have seen potentially if this happened in 2021, maybe you would have seen even crypto, you know, companies on the floor. Yeah. I didn't see anything or hear anything crypto related, which is very interesting and telling, I think. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of bad press going on, FTX. So maybe the crypto bros are laying low. I guess so. But I thought that was super interesting to, because it's been such a topic of conversation for the past two years. Totally. um, to, To be nearly silent on it. That's that is interesting. Yeah. How do you see the future of kind of CES evolving? Do you think it's going to be back in full force next year or? No, I think that the the tent idea of tent poles are going to be smaller Mm -hmm. and potentially more niche in the future. Mm -hmm. We were actually having a conversation um, at CES about niche is the new mass um, with TikTok sort of giving you access to all of the different things and different facets of yourself that you might be interested in. I think that that's going to become ubiquitous in business as well. And so these giant trade shows with 200,000 people are going to be just smaller. And Mm -hmm. I think people will still go to them. um, But there will probably be more events that are more niche. And I do think that in 2023 in particular, there may be a pulling back of budgets spent on this type of thing. Mm -hmm. I've already started hearing from friends of mine who are also marketers who are saying, yeah, we're going to dial back spending on this. We're going to dial back spending here and there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that, you know, we'll see what 2023, 2024 has to offer. But I do think things will be just a bit more dialed back. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in the niche element, right? Like how do these events become more like tailored to the specific groups that come to them? I think it's it's interesting. It's like we're just sort of emerging from this pandemic and not, the dust hasn't settled yet. I but agree. There will be like major changes to the way that we show up at these events. Yeah. And probably new things that pop up, mm-hmm. new creations, new events, new conversations that people want to have that are not just sort of the way we, we've always done things, which mm-hmm. I think is healthy. You know, yeah. things have to die and things have to grow. So totally. we'll see what's what the impact is. But I think you're right that the dust hasn't totally settled yet. Yeah. So as a marketer mm-hmm. and for all the marketers listening, what would you say is the biggest takeaway from your day, few days at CES? People are thinking about and concerned about the potential impacts from a recession. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I would say most people felt very optimistic that it would help help their creativity. It would help their strategies because they're going to have to learn to pivot. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to be more creative. And I think sometimes operating in an environment where you have to pivot and you have to be creative and there are fences put around you, sometimes that's where like the most interesting ideas come from. Yeah. So I think there was a lot of optimism. Um, You can't think outside the box if there's no box. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Exactly. So I I I think that would be one of the key themes is what is this recession going to look like from a marketing perspective? Yeah. Yeah. No, it totally makes sense. And everyone's kind of 
scenario planning and yep. all that fun stuff. But totally. And it will be interesting to see, like like we said before, who takes off, who decides to take a bigger share of voice, yeah. potentially at a discount because, you know, they can do it right now when they might not have been able to do it a year ago. Yeah. It's going to be all about being quick and smart and scrappy. Totally. Awesome. Lauren, well, thank you so much for chatting with me. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm glad we got to chat about CES. Yes, and that's everything that you need to know from CES 2023.